you're listening to the voice of dog i'm kaki your faithful fireside companion and today's story is the first part of where no man walks by signatelli who wrote this story after being inspired by an enchanting birthday art commission from his dear friend writer apprentice please enjoy where no man walks by signatelli part one of two There's a bright copper haze on the meadow. There's a bright copper haze on the meadow. Grayson's voice started out softly. He couldn't put his whole diaphragm into his singing voice while struggling to walk his tired legs through the brush. He kept singing. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Finding a good diaphragm rhythm, he began to sing louder. Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, what a beautiful day! I've got a beautiful feeling, everything's going my way. Grayson was lying to himself. He wasn't in a meadow, there was no corn in sight, and everything was most certainly not going his way. He had no idea what direction his way even was. He glanced at his wristwatch. Five hours and counting of being hopelessly lost, in Escritor Forest of all places, a beautiful, yet clearly dangerous location. The foliage around him was so thick only a tiny bit of the remaining sunlight penetrated in an occasional clearing. The light worried him. It was getting late, and soon it would be evening. With his poor night vision, it was already hard enough to see the tree roots tripping him every time he took a step. Pretty soon the only way he'd be able to identify the thick trees lining his path would be by the white fungi growing on some of them. Then there would be nothing but cold darkness. Grayson shook his head. Nope, get that thought out of your mind, he told himself. That's why you started singing in the first place. He tried his best to return to his tune. All the cattle are standing like statues. All the cattle are standing like statues. He racked his brain trying to remember the next line. It had been so long since he last sang this song, so long since he'd last felt as stressed and hopeless as he did now. Finding himself frustratingly unable to dig the next line from the recesses of his brain, he resigned himself to repeating the lines he knew from the beginning. By now he was projecting his voice as loud as he possibly could, despite how tired he was from the non-stop walking and how dry his throat was since he'd run out of water an hour ago. He needed to get his mind off of the negative thoughts creeping in. Besides, it's not like anyone would hear him, aside from the blue jays loudly scolding him as he passed under their nesting sites. There was nobody around who was truly listening to his strained yet melodious cries for help, echoing against the endless rows of oaks. Or at least, that's what he told himself, to shake the feeling of being watched. He kept telling himself that there was nothing in the forest that would find him interesting enough to be worth watching. Any squirrels or deer that passed by would simply glance in the direction of his voice before carrying on. There was nothing out there that would follow him. Of course, nothing at all. Nope, 
no, sir. No, sirry, Bob. Grayson was half right. None of the creatures he was used to seeing would pay him any mind. But he'd unwittingly attracted the attention of something peculiar. Something that Grayson, a logical and scientific person, would have scoffed at if someone were to mention its existence. Yet there it was, silently prodding its way through its familiar forest territory, watching him from afar without his knowledge. They knew how to follow him silently because they had lived in the forest their entire life, however many thousand years that life had been. They had no need to pay mind to exact numbers in any capacity. They just had to focus on their duty of making sure their home stayed healthy and blossoming. And part of that duty involved staking out any humans who happened to wander by. The appearance of humans in Escritor was rare but not unheard of, and it usually meant trouble. The creature was used to scaring off any hunters that entered their territory, always finding it rather amusing to give them an ego check. Those hunters always saw themselves as powerful with their big and intimidating weapons at their disposal. But all the creature had to do was adopt a more intimidating form and they'd run away faster than the deer they liked to shoot at. This time, however, the creature didn't sense any hostility from the human with the oddly enchanting voice. He didn't appear to have weapons on him, just a simple t-shirt and canvas pants and a backpack far smaller than most hikers who wandered by. He was tall and lanky, and his awkward steps through the terrain gave the impression of someone far too inexperienced to be all the way out here. As they came closer, they could better tune their hearing to the sound of the human's voice. It told a story of someone sad and discouraged, yet trying desperately to stay hopeful. They could hear a slight rasp at the back of the young man's throat as well, clearly indicating that he hadn't drunk anything in quite some time. Now that they understood this, the creature began to feel conflicted. They could tell the young man was in need of help, but could they really trust this human? They still didn't know his reason for being in the forest, and even if they could trust him, would the human even want to see him, or would he simply run away like most did as soon as they saw them? They closed their glowing eyes and focused more on the sound of the humans singing. The voice was soft and gentle, and had a hint of discipline to it. The human didn't seem overconfident in his, frankly pitiful, trekking abilities. He seemed to have a deep respect for the forest, like an authority figure far wiser than him. Perhaps... In his mind, he was remembering a time from his childhood when his parents scolded him for something foolish he'd done. Whether that was true or not, he seemed acutely aware of how foolish he was now. They decided they should probably offer him some help. Grayson continued on through the forest, trying his best to find a path as he stumbled through the piles of bug-infested, rotting leaves, By now he had given up trying to remember the lyrics to the Oklahoma song and moved on to another song that he hoped would raise his spirits. 
Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. He sang proudly until he stopped dead in his tracks. Something was watching him. It wasn't a hunch this time. He could see it. It was peering out from behind a tree no less than 30 feet away from him. Initially, it was the creature's glowing green eyes that attracted Grayson's attention. But before he could even process what he was looking at, it stepped out into the clear, and Grayson could see all of what it was. It was a deer thing. No, not a deer. It seemed to have deer legs with ungulate hooves, and even had white spots on the sides uh, that Grayson remembered seeing on baby deer. But Grayson knew it wasn't a deer. No deer he knew of had dark blue fur, or a skull for a head, or were about ten feet tall. It also had a tail unlike any creatures he'd seen before, stretching out far behind it before eventually forming a sort of paintbrush shape. Its arms and chest were made of wood, blending in almost perfectly to the trees surrounding it, and its neck was surrounded by a large wreath of leaves and white flowers that seemed to be growing directly from its wooden chest. But what struck Grayson the most was what it wore on its waist. What appeared to be a loincloth and some kind of small satchel were wrapped around its body. The thing was far more civilized than a regular animal. This must have been some kind of mystical creature. A ghost, perhaps? It certainly seemed to have a phantasmic appearance with a skull head and glowing eyes, but it was too physically real to be a ghost or a hallucination. It was completely opaque and had dimensions and details too real to be dreamed up by the imagination. Grayson knew that either he had gone insane or he had severely underestimated the types of animals that lived here. Grayson and the creature stared at each other for what seemed like an eternity. Eventually the creature decided they should be the one to break the silence. Am I correct in assuming that you're lost? Grayson blinked, surprised to hear the creature speaking to him. Um, you speak English? He eventually replied back after an awkward pause. I've picked up a bit of human language from the few who wander all the way in here, the creature responded. But I'm good at reading individuals by their voices alone. Whether it's a human's song, or a wolf's howl, or the squeak of a tiny chipmunk, an animal uses its voice to express its soul. I've simply learned to accurately predict what they want to express, and can respond in whatever tongue is necessary. The creature's voice didn't sound anything like Grayson expected it would. He was expecting a deep, booming voice for something so formidable, but the creature's voice was soft and soothing. Grayson couldn't tell whether it was a man's or a woman's voice, though perhaps supernatural beings like this had no need for human concept like gender. Oh, uh, that's cool, Grayson said, releasing some breath he didn't realize he was holding. So, like, are you a god or some kind of forest spirit or... His voice trailed off. Hmm. I suppose you could think of me like that. It's my job to protect my home from those who wish to do harm to it. Grayson's eyes widened, fear beginning to show on his face again. 
The creature hastily spoke up. No, 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 don't worry. I've heard your voice, and I know you're not a malicious individual. You're last, no? You seem tired, and I'd like to help you. Grayson heaved another sigh of relief. Well, uh, I'm glad you don't think I'm bad. I promise I mean no harm. I was just taking a hike through here for some peace of mind, and I ended up way over my head. Oh, the creature spoke, a hint of excitement in their voice now. My forests brings you peace of mind? As they spoke, they approached Grayson, but strangely, they didn't seem to change in size. Grayson eventually realized that they were actually shrinking in size as they approached him. By the time they were within an arm's length, they were only about six and a half feet tall, a few inches taller than Grayson. Grayson wanted to ask about the creature's apparent ability to change in size, but felt it would be rude to derail the conversation. Despite the creature seeming friendly, he wasn't taking any chances when it came to potentially upsetting it. Well, I'm not very experienced with hiking at all, he started. It's just that my life recently has been so stressful with school and work piling up and finding a new place to live as well. I needed some place to clear my head before I went back to the grind. This was only supposed to be a short trek through the outskirts of the forest, but I guess I lost sight of the path and... uh, Grayson gestured around the both of them. I guess I'm out of the outskirts and well in the inskirts now. The creature laughed a laugh just as soothing as their voice, which put Grayson even more at ease. (laughs) Yes, I had the feeling you were in over your head not to worry. They pointed in a seemingly random direction toward a group of trees that looked identical to any other. In that direction is a creek that marks the edge of my territory. A deer can make the trip in about 45 minutes, so for you I'd estimate it would take about an hour. Grayson suddenly perked up. An hour was nothing compared to how long he'd been trotting along, and finding a source of running water to satisfy his parched throat sounded heavenly. Oh, thank fuck! Grayson cried out, then cleared his throat a second later. Ah, sorry, I I tend to swear a lot when I'm alone. I mean, not that I am alone now, but it's just that I've been alone in here for so long, and, like... Grayson's nerves were once again put at ease as the deer-like spirit giggled. It's okay. I could tell it was a sign of appreciation. Grayson laughed in return, a sound which the spirit found quite delightful. They continued to speak. All you have to do is follow the trees through there until you find a very big patch of geraniums. Then you follow those flowers until you reach a small cliffside with a cave built into the side, at which point you follow another row of cardinal flowers and then proceed in that direction until... They looked back at the human's face, which only showed apprehension. They had forgotten how out of his element he was. They considered an easier way to phrase their directions before they realized a simpler solution. Actually, maybe it'd be better if I lead the way for y'all. Grayson's face lit up. Oh, I'd appreciate that a lot, he said, reassured. But 
Are you sure you can spare all that time for me? I'm sure you must be busy with all your other duties and stuff. Oh, don't worry, the spirit replied. I'd rather enjoy the unusual company for a little while. Grayson was about to comment on the irony of a supernatural forest spirit calling him unusual company, but they continued speaking before he got the chance. Now let's be on our way. Sunset is approaching, and I think the mosquitoes would find you to be a tasty snack if you're not out soon enough. They began walking in the direction they indicated before suddenly turning around. Oh, how silly of me. I should know your name first, shouldn't I? Grayson, the young man replied with an appreciative smile. And what do people call you, or uh, I should say, what do animals call you? The spirit stared off into space. Huh, I don't usually have a need for human concepts like a name. Most of the animals here are able to call for my help without having to name me specifically, but for what it's worth, I've heard some humans refer to me as the Forest Lord. Can I call you Robin? Grayson asked with a small chuckle. They looked at him with curiosity. Oh, is that a human name? Do you think it fits me? Oh, um, Grayson stammered for a second. I I don't know. It just popped into my mind. I thought it'd be funny for you to have a normal sounding name despite being a spirit or god or whatever. He let his voice trail off, before regaining the confidence to speak again. And, hey, it's kind of nature-y, so I think it fits you. The creature beamed. I like it. Maybe it'd be nice to have a more personal name than just Forest Lord for a while, and it would make conversing with you a lot easier. Well, I meant it as a joke, but if you like it, then who am I to judge? Robin, Grayson quipped, smiling widely. Robin giggled, almost childlike. Glad we sorted that out. Now, they draped their wooden arm over Grayson's shoulders and wrapped their long tail around Grayson's waist, allowing him to feel the surprisingly soft fur that covered it. Let's be on our way. Just stay close by and be careful not to trample the flowers. And with that, the pair began walking through Robin's all-too-familiar home. Grayson almost immediately felt an intense rush of calmness washing over him, knowing he was no longer in peril. As he watched a bee zip through a patch of flowers on their path, it dawned on him how safe he was already feeling. Sure, a passerby who came upon this strange scene might have tried to warn him that Robin was only leading him away to be mauled and eaten, but somehow Grayson knew that wasn't the case. Something about the gentle yet protective way they held him close to their body told Grayson that Robin cared for his well-being. Grayson looked into Robin's glowing eyes and spoke up in an effort to break the long silence. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm not the best at seeming sincere, but I want you to know, I really do appreciate this. Robin looked back at him, showing as much tenderness as they could on their restrictive face. Don't worry. 
I sense you're a sincere person. It's a very welcome change from all the other humans who've come in here. Your kind tends to see the forest as something to be conquered, not cherished. <laughs> yeah, I hate hunters too, Grayson replied, absentmindedly stroking the velvety fur of Robin's tail. Hunters are the worst group, but some micers aren't much better. Robin continued, stepping their big feet through a large patch of entangled roots with graceful ease. They say they come to admire the beauty of the forest, but I can tell from their voices what they're really after. They come here to prove themselves, to convince themselves that they're stronger than the formidable force of nature. They don't appreciate my own. They see it as an enemy. I'm not one of those people, am I? Grayson interrupted. Perish the thought. If you were one of those people, I wouldn't have considered leading the way for you. Robin looked into Grayson's eyes once again. I like hearing you talk. It's rare to find a human soul genuine. Grayson laughed slightly, a bit taken aback by the comment. He didn't even realize he was blushing as he spoke. I like your voice, too. It's soothing. It Let's me know you're trustworthy, for lack of a better word, and, well... Grayson glanced around at the lush green surrounding the two of them. I'm glad you can tell I like your home. It's rare to find a place that feels so cut off from the stresses of the, uh, human world. He chuckled nervously again, unsure if that was the right term. I only wish I'd gotten to appreciate it under different circumstances. Robin suddenly froze. Wait. Oh, gosh. Your legs must be at the breaking point by now. How could I have forgotten? Oh, yeah, they do kind of feel like jelly, Grayson admitted. But it's only a short distance before I'm finally out of here. It doesn't matter how short the distance is, Robin retorted. If you can't keep walking on your legs, then I insist you don't. Before Grayson could interject. Robin began to grow bigger right in front of his eyes, their entire body rapidly expanding until they were about 12 feet tall, not counting the wooden antlers. They were now just a bit shorter than the bottoms of the tree canopies, and almost double Grayson's height. So you can change your size, Grayson remarked, fascinated. I was meaning to ask about that. Robin held their wooden hand out to Grayson, their giant palm open and ready to accommodate him. Grayson gladly took a seat without hesitation. Normally he would have been more polite and insisted he was fine, and he was far too exhausted to pass up an opportunity to give his legs a rest. He sat down in the middle of Robin's palm, and Robin then cradled him against their chest of blooming flowers. Grayson felt like a child again, being carried around like that. Any passerby would probably find the sight even more strange than they already would have, but Grayson didn't mind. He felt perfectly content to let Robin carry him wherever he needed to go, all while listening to their soft voice and leaning his weary back against their chest, which heaved and vibrated gently as they spoke. Unbeknownst to Grayson, Robin was feeling much the same about him. They loved the feeling of Grayson lying against them, 
being able to hear his gentle voice so close by, not to mention they still had a ways to go. And this was the first time Robin could get some completely honest answers about human life. They had a lot of questions ready for the long walk ahead. This was the first part of Where No Man Walks by Signatelli, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Tune in next time to find out more about the lives of our two heroes and learn what fate lies in store for them at the edge of that creek. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.